Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Well, we're glad you're, you're here with us today. We're going to jump right in uh, to, to the message today. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, we're going we're gonna to stay on something. My, my wife always makes fun of me. She says, you're that guy that listens to a song that's an amazing song, and you listen to it, and you literally kill it, because you can literally listen to it over. Anybody else? You just, when you find that one, it's like, if it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So I've always kind of had that thing that's like, I, I, when I get on something, it's really hard to get off. But uh, in this particular situation, I really do feel like the Lord's continuing to talk to us about uh, just becoming the church that He sees, becoming the church that He wants. And uh, it doesn't matter how many times I, I read First Corinthians chapter 12, uh, more and more just, just happens. And it's, it's actually interesting. I had planned on, uh, as weird as this sounds, I've actually done this once before, preaching two completely different messages. Uh, I felt really strongly that I was supposed to speak on two different things. And, and I was telling Leanne uh, Saturday morning, I was like, yeah, here's what I'm going to do because I, I need to talk about this and then I need to talk about this. But the two just have nothing to do with each other. Uh, and as I was sitting there explaining to her how the two had nothing to do with her, the Lord started showing me they absolutely have everything to do with one another. And so uh, we actually only have one message, so you can say amen to that today. Uh, so that's where we're going to go. But I, I want to pick up kind of where we left, left off last, uh, well, last week. We had Robbie Dawkins with us the week before that I taught on, uh, on, on 1 Corinthians 12. We really talked about preparing for miracles. And I kind of want to just pick up kind of where we left off uh, there in some ways in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, start of verse 27 says, now you're the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, I'm going to keep reading, we haven't really read this part. It says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret in the the inference here is no. The answer is no. Not everyone does those things. Check out verse 31. It says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. Earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. I want to talk today about kind of around the topic of becoming a more excellent church, becoming a more excellent Church, you know we've 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 read this a lot, and I've I've talked about these these eight gifts that the Bible talks about, and uh, in here, and and I've come to understand the more I study this, it, it lists eight things here that God said in the church, uh, but there's actually one of them is a two-parter. So there's actually nine things that it's talking about here: first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, miracles, healings, helps, administration, and then the last one says various kinds of tongues. But if you continue reading like we just did. It talks about not just tongues, but also the interpretation of tongues, which if you, if you know 1 Corinthians 12 above that, it talks about different manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and it talks about some uh, having the gift of tongues, some having the gift of interpretation of tongues. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a two-parter, and we're actually going to get to some of that maybe uh, towards the end of the message, but I want to focus a little bit on, on verse 31 because it, it gives us some idea that in in, in this list, potentially, there's, there's certain gifts that are superior to the others. And it's not because it says first this one, second this one, third this one. It says in verse 31, it says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. Earnestly desire the higher gifts. 
Well, what gifts is it talking about? Well, what's interesting is, is it lists those eight gifts, and then it says, well, do all, are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. And it goes down the list that it just gave previously. The only problem is, and we've talked about this once before, it leaves two off. It leaves two of the previous mentioned gifts. It leaves them off as if to say, you know, are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. But then there's two gifts called helps and administrating. But notice it doesn't say, can all help? No. Can all administrate? No. No, it doesn't say those things. So it leaves those two off. And after giving all the lists and saying, not everyone does this one, this one, this one, it says, actually earnestly desire the higher gifts. What gifts might he be talking about? Maybe the gift of helping and maybe the gift of administrating. Now I want to read to you those two words. I did a little bit of study for all you true, true Bible nerds. Raise your hand if you're a real Bible nerd. Come on, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Wow, we need more Bible nerds. Y'all should read your Bibles more often. I'm going to give you a little insight on these words. The words there, helping and administrating, that we read out of the English Standard Version. In the King James Version, helping actually is the word helps. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. These words are actually only used once in Scripture, and it's in this one. It's in this verse right here, which I just find fascinating. Uh, the, The word is helps in the King James Version, which is a Greek word. Antilepsis, in case you're really, really a nerd. That's the Greek word, antilepsis. It says this, it says, it's one of the ministrations of the local church by way of rendering assistance. The function of those who, like the household of Stephanus, devoted themselves to minister to the saints. You can sit there and read this word helps or helping in the Greek. You can read the definition. And here, you, know, you want to know what I've come to? You know what the word helps really means? Help. Pretty deep, right? Simply rendering assistance. J- just helping. But what about, like, what about your spiritual gift? That, that's awesome, but it, here it's just talking about saying, hey, I'll help. I, I'll, what do you need help with? I don't know. I, I'm just, I'll help. Whatever, whatever, like the house of Stephanus, it talks about the household of Stephanus. Just wherever, wherever you need help, I'll, I'll, I'll help. I'll render assistance. I'll minister to the saints in, in really wherever it is that you, that you need help. This other word, it's in the, in the English Standard Translation. English Standard Version, it says administrating. In the King James Version, it's the word governments. Uh, it's, it's from the Greek as well. Kubernesis is the word, Kubernesis in the Greek. And it's born out of the Latin word, comes from the Latin word, which means to steer. It goes on to say it's set of those who act as guides or leaders in the local church. Guides or leaders in the local church. So here we've got Paul. He's building this blueprint of the church, and he says, here's the things that God said in the church. He gives all these lists. He talks about some order, first apostles, second prophets, all this stuff. Then he says, and some of these not everyone has. Some of these things that I'm talking about, they're not for everyone. Not everyone's going to be an apostle. Not everyone's going to be a prophet or a teacher. Or, or There's some of these that not everyone has, but there are two. There are two that have nothing to do with how I've necessarily made you individually. They are, they are gifts that God gives to the church that are actually born out of our own desire. Verse 31 says, eagerly desire the higher gifts, referring to the higher gift of helping. The, just think about the simplicity of that. The higher calling of helping or the higher calling of leading. Here's what I believe that in this, this is what God's saying to the church. All of us are called to help. 
and all of us are called to lead. All of us are called to help, and all of us are called to lead. It's, it's, there, there have been people that have gotten off in scriptures like we're reading here when it says, and God set these gifts in the church, first apostles. And people that feel like they're called to, to, to be an apostle, they take that as if they just were elected president of the church. It's like, yeah, I'm first. I'm first. And they just don't keep reading. It's like, oh, yeah, verse 31, but there's actually some higher gifts. You mean higher than apostles? Higher than prophets? Higher than teachers? Oh, hang on. Higher than tongues and interpretation? There's something more significant to the church than those things? I'm not making this up. I'm simply reading the Scripture. What are they? Helps. Helping. And governments. Leading. What's he saying? Everyone can help. Everyone can lead. One step further, everyone should desire to help. Everyone should desire to lead. Can I be your pastor for just a second? I was going to do it anyway. I just thought I'd ask this in case it made you feel any, any better. As our church grows, you know one of the things that I feel like we're not growing in? We're not growing in the transition from consuming to participating. Can I, I'll, I'll take it even a step further. I think sometimes as we go after things, as we, uh, as we have intentionally, just like the Scripture says, and again, we're not, we're not getting outside of Scripture. God says these gifts in church, first apostles, prophets, third teachers, after that, miracles and healings. We go after miracles. Why? Because the Bible says to. Is that a good enough reason for everybody else? Miracles, healings. It's okay to go after these things. We should go after these things. But can I just be honest with you? There, there's, a, there's a tendency at times when you start going after those things to begin to idolize those things and to put those things in a position that they don't deserve to be in. And what I love about this scripture, and not to mention, we put those things in a position that they don't deserve to be in, and, it's, and the sad thing about it is those gifts only certain people have. And here's what the church has done far too often. Those people that have certain gifts, spectacular gifts, very, very spiritual gifts, we elevate them in a position that they don't belong. What are the highest gifts? Helping, just leading. Do you see how when God says that eagerly desire these two higher gifts and every one of those gifts everyone has access to, he's leveling the playing field? Can you see how he's saying what you have to bring is just as important as what I have to bring, as what Josh has to bring, as what Steve-O has to bring, as to what anybody else on this church has. Your part is just as important as everybody else's part. Every part. Well, what is it, Pastor? It's got to be something super spiritual and spectacular and awesome. It is. Just help. Just help. Oh, you want to you wanna take it a step further? Lead. Lead. We, we, it's easy to fall into this, this trap of, I so love, and, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm guilty of this at times. I, I can't tell you how many times I wake up on a Sunday morning and go, Lord, I don't want to preach. That's what you wanted to hear from your pastor, wasn't it? I knew it. You're, you love me more now. I, 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 I wake up and I go, I don't want to preach. I just want to go to church. 
I just want to go. I just want to be a part. I, 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 just, want to, I just want to sit there in the worship service. I, I just want to enjoy. And, and I, it's an easy, especially as an amazing atmosphere that I believe that we've, we've created here, it's an easy thing to say, man, I just, I, just want to, I just want to sit in this. I don't really want to focus on, you know, having to show up early and wearing those sweet yellow T-shirts that the parking lot wears and, uh, and greeting, you know, the greeters, they have to stay out there a little longer and, and I miss this, one of the songs and, man, I really, really love the, the worship and, you know, I just don't really want the distraction. You know, I'm just in a really unique place in my life where I'm really trying to hear God and I know God's leading me. to. Can I just say there are times when God calls you into a place just to get healed, just to get whole? But here's what should happen out of that. Thankfulness arises and a heart to say, now I want to help. I'm so thankful for what God's done in my life. I want to help somebody else encounter that exact same thing. I want somebody else to get to enjoy what I've been enjoying. And now I'm going to take it a step further. It's real easy to get stuck into the category of helping. Some of you in here have simply been helping your whole lives. And the Lord's saying, hey, I need you to step up and lead. Yeah, but I don't like talking in front of people. Neither did Moses. The, and, unless you, and unless you have a stuttering problem like he did, you've actually got a leg up on him. That's exactly what Moses said. One of the greatest leaders in the history of the Bible. He said, Lord, I don't want to lead. Well, you know. What if your thanksgiving and your gratitude and your love for the bride of the church filled you up enough where you were willing to move past what you're comfortable doing, what you're okay with doing, and you said, Lord, I'm not just going to help anymore. I'm going to lead, maybe even lead in helping. Several different places in Scripture, the, there's, there's, gifts, there's gifts lined out. In Ephesians 4, there's gifts lined out. In 1 Corinthians 12, the first part, there's man, uh, manifestational gifts of the Holy Spirit lined out. In, in Romans chapter 12, there's redemptive gifts lined out. But only in this particular portion of Scripture here is there some, is there some order to it. First this, second this. Third, this. And I, and I think it's interesting that in this, in this particular passage here, it says helping before leading. Helping before leading. Some of you feel, feel called to lead, but you don't feel called to help. Pastor, I just have a gift of leadership. Could you help in the nursery? No, I don't think you heard what I said. I, I feel... <laughs> have this amazing gift of leadership. Great. Can you change some diapers? Can you, can you stand in a parking lot on a, on a hot day and just make sure that some new, a first-time guest knows where they're supposed to park? And from the second they walk on this property, drive onto this property, they're already starting to have some of the limitations that are already there for first-time guests because they don't know where to park. They don't know where to take their kids. They don't know where they're supposed to see. You think you could help us make this environment better for first-time guests? Yeah, maybe, but, I'll, but I'm called to lead. I, I wholeheartedly believe God doesn't release people to lead until they submit to help. The Bible says, he who is faithful 
with another man's vision. Another way to say it, he who's willing to help another man get where another man feels like God's called him to go, God will give him their own vision. You don't have to go searching for your calling. You know what you should search, search for? If you really want a calling, if you want an assignment, if you want that, here's how you get it. Forget about that and go serve somebody else's. If you're willing to help, be faithful with somebody else's. The Bible says he will, you don't have to earn it, he will simply give you your own. I tell my staff this all the time, the easiest thing I've ever done in my entire life was be faithful to another man's vision. The hardest thing I've ever done in my life is be faithful with my own. And you know, it's, it's actually supposed to be that way. Sometimes being faithful to another man's vision, in doing that, God's teaching you how to be faithful to your own. Because then you can go back and say, I remember how I served this. I remember how faithful I was in this. And then later on, you, when, when it's your own, because I'll just tell you, most people that God's really called them to do something, if God's really called them to do, that, do, do it, most of the time at first, they're like, oh no, not me. I'm not qualified to do that. I know Robbie said that this last weekend. If you feel unqualified, you're probably qualified. If you feel super qualified, yeah, you're probably not. <laughs> you're probably not. <laughs> we're, all, we're all called to help. We're all, we're all supposed to desire to simply help. And I'll, just, I'll take it one step further because I want to get really natural. Last week, there, there's just been some things. Can I just be super honest with you? There's just been some things lately that have broken my heart, and it's the seemingly lack of understanding of how important it is what we're doing downstairs with our little ones. I'm not trying to be shameful, not trying to make anybody feel guilty, but if the shoe fits, wear it. I'm, I'm alarmed at how increasingly it seems like less and less people want to be involved in what's going on down there so that they can, they can come up here. Last week alone, I, before I came up here and did my part up here, I went downstairs and helped check in kids into one of our classrooms. Let me tell you why. Because there just wasn't enough help. There weren't enough people to say, hey, I'll help. I, I can do something. And it doesn't have to, has nothing to do with feeling called to kids. Do you realize one of my first jobs in ministry, a pastor came to me and says, hey, I want you to be a youth pastor. Do you feel called to youth? I went, uh-uh. <laughs> oh, so you don't, you don't want the job? Actually, no, I, I do want the job. The answer is yes. I, I'm just saying that's not what I feel called to. But if that's somewhere I can help you, the answer is yes. The answer is Yes. You might be surprised what's on the backside of your yes. You might be surprised what breakthrough, what miracle, what blessing, what peace is just simply waiting for a yes from you. We're, we're growing as a church, but I, I believe God loves people so much that he will not allow this church to grow beyond our ability to take care of people well. That includes our kids. That includes our kids. And, and we're at a place right now in an organization where I, I just need some help. And I know this is a pretty hard sell right now, but I, I'm, I'm asking right now 
if you're in here and you say, you know what, I'm a part of this church, but I'm not helping anywhere, I'll help. There's cards. We're going to have these waiting for everybody when you leave today. There's some at guest services. You can sign it. There's even some online things that you can do. Somebody can help you. I'm just saying, I need your help. I'm doing, I'm doing my part. I, I, we've hired three new part-time children's pastors to focus specifically on certain age groups. We're increasing the staff in certain areas, people that I believe God has, has put in this ministry for such a time as this. But you know what they're going to need to be successful at their job? A whole bunch of other people to raise their hand and say, hey, I'll help you. I'll help. Well, in the, in the, in the nursery, in the children's place where women serve, I'm just going to leave that one right there. I don't even think I need to, I don't even feel like that one needs any explanation. I think you know where I'm going with that. Because sadly, that thinking just represents what's probably still happening at the home. The mom's leading. Somebody said, uh-oh. No, I, I would love some men to lead. I would love for our little, our, our little young men down there to see some men acting like servants. Oh, or you could say it this way, since Jesus says I'm the servant of them all, acting like Jesus. I'm just here to serve. I'm here to do a goofy dance during a worship song. Say something about my dancing. Just cancel your membership in a minute. So. My clock's not working, so I just make sure I kind of know where I'm at. I just I don't want to preach forever. Um, Let's keep moving. <laughs> this was the point in where I was like, okay, Lord, that's message one, but now I, I got to go, go to message two. Uh, I was telling Leanne that I want to talk. We, we need help. It's time for us to step up. We need leadership in the church. We need some people that are helping to step up and lead. There's supposed to be a progression, first helping, then leading. We've even got some things going on right now. They're like, why are people going from leading to helping? Because I've seen this happen before. They go from leading to helping to disappearing. Sometimes disconnecting from what you're called to do and your purpose ends up disconnecting you from your church and your people and all kinds of bad things happen. And I'm like, okay, we need to, we need to start moving this direction and, and I, we need to step up as a church. But there's also this other thing I want to talk about and because uh, and I'm reading this scripture. I told Leanne, I said, so I'm sitting here reading and it says, desire the, desire, earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I told Leanne this Saturday morning. I'm literally saying it out loud. I was like, yeah. And then the Lord drops this bombshell on me, and I have no idea what to do with this. And she's like, what? And I was like, well, read the last sentence. It says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And I'm like, well, great. I've been preaching on 1 Corinthians 12, 28, and God's got this blueprint, and this is what the church is supposed to look like. And I just forgot to read the last sentence. There's even a more excellent way. Why didn't I preach on that one? <laughs> And, I, and, I'm, and I'm telling Leanne how I want to connect some dots here and, uh, uh, because how many guys were here? How many guys were here last weekend? Raise your hand if you're here last weekend. Uh, okay, wait, maybe you, did you come? Any of you come to last Sunday night where Robbie Dawkins did a special service? Say good, good, good portion of you. Uh, anybody think that got a little weird? <laughs> let's be honest. Let's, let's, just, let's just be honest. Anybody think, man, whew. Never seen that before. Never heard that before. And of course, some of you in here are like, man, that's, that's what we're hungry for.
But if we're being honest, and if most of you in here are being honest, and some of you in here would tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, you're like, yeah, I don't know about that. And, and I left, I, I left uh, it was funny because Robbie knew that too. And Robbie's like, yeah, have fun cleaning that one up. <laughs> like, Thanks a lot, punk, you know. What you got to understand, though, is you know, first of all, Robbie's coming back. <laughs> so if you didn't like that one, you're like, man, if he brings him back a second time, I, this ain't the church for me. Go ahead and go now. I'm just being honest with you. Just, you can go, I'm, and I'm not being rude. I'm just being 100% honest with you. What ha- I'm not saying, oh, that got so weird. We're not going to have that guy back. It's like, oh, that got weird. Maybe we could use a little of that. That's how I felt. Because I'm telling you, this is a guy, we're talking about a guy who's raised someone from the dead. And I'm not, I'm not magnifying a man. That, please hear my heart. But I'm telling you, that man is going after God so much that he's carrying some heat. Packing some heat. And he, this is a guy that goes to other cr- countries where they're not used to the American church where we come and get our three-point message, then we go home, and we're at lunch by 11.15. That ain't the kind of places he's going to. He's going to places where when he lands in Afghanistan, the Afghan police pick him up, confiscate his passport, and interrogate him for several hours, then hand him over to the Taliban and let them interrogate him for a few hours. I don't think he really cares if we get a little weirded out (laughs) by what he feels like God's called him to do. I don't think he cares. But can I just say this? Man, how do I say this? I am not the, first of all, if you've been going to this church very long, you understand how outside the norm last Sunday service were. You've got people speaking in tongues, and he's pointing out people, and he's calling them out, and prophesying over them, and you've got people ducking in the back row, like, gosh, please don't point at me, don't, don't point at me. <laughs> you've got all this stuff going on, but can I just say, all of which is scriptural. I mean, we, we have been reading 1 Corinthians 12, 28, and he says he's set things in the church, gifts in the church, tongues and interpretation. <laughs> well, well we, we, I heard some persons in, in tongues, but I didn't hear an interpretation. You're right. Can I just tell you as your pastor? I have questions too. Was there supposed to be an interpretation? Was somebody in our sanctuary going, ah, oh, I got something, but I don't know if I'm supposed to do it. Can I just say this? Someone with the courage to come in there and go for things, it makes us have to think about, okay, God, what's next for us? It causes us to have to look at that and go, okay, Lord, what do you have for us? At a minimum, we should be looking towards this at least a little bit. And, and I'll just take it a step further. It's like, well, was it right or was it wrong? I don't know. All I know is that the, the, the whole concept of right or wrong is the very thing God didn't want Adam and Eve touching in the Garden of Eden. Notice what got Adam and Eve kicked out of the garden. It wasn't eating from a tree of sin. It was eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What was he saying? Adam and Eve, we'll work through right and wrong later, but if you start focusing on right and wrong, wrong, you're going to miss the life that I've called you to. So I I say as a church, it's like, oh, I, I don't know. Was it right? Was it wrong? I don't know. But I can tell the motive behind all of it, we're going after God. We're in pursuit. But then check this. I just want you to just bear with me for just a second because I, I had that dinner with this guy. And this guy was saying, yeah, man, I went to the Sunday night service and I, I was wanting the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and I wanted to speak in tongues and I really wanted it. I wanted it really bad. 
And I prayed, and all of a sudden, this thing washed over me. I've never felt anything like it. And I know I was filled with the Holy Spirit. But I didn't speak in tongues. And I just, I, I left so disappointed. And it all of a sudden dawned on me that religion had talked him out of the main thing in the first place. I said, well, if you didn't, if you didn't speak in tongues, then you haven't arrived at, at the pinnacle. Because, you I mean, we all know that if you speak in tongues, you're more spiritual than those who don't. And I, 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 it's what's funny. I began to talk to this guy. I was like, oh, no, you, you missed the whole point. I said, let me, take you back, let me tell you about this scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, here's what it says. And I began to quote this to him. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge and I have all, all faith has to remove mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. And I start telling this guy, I was like, see, this, it, those things are good, but love's the main thing. Encountering the love of the Father, that's the main thing. And all of a sudden, as I'm talking to Leanne, backtrack, as I'm talking to Leanne, I'm like, yeah, 1 Corinthians 12, he gets to the very end of it, and he's given us this blueprint. And then the last sentence, he says, yet I'll show you still a more excellent way. And I was like, I have no idea what to do with that. And I heard the Lord say to me, keep reading. Because you see, chapters and verses were put in there by men, not the Holy Spirit. So if you were to read 1 Corinthians 12 and then keep reading into 1 Corinthians 13, here, here's what it would say. It said, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way. What excellent way are you talking about? Let me explain it. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and knowledge, if I have all the, you know how it goes. What is he saying? We won't be the most excellent church if our focus is simply on the blueprint and we forget about the person who the blueprint is about. Then he goes on to say, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices when the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they'll pass away. For, as, as for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it'll pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, as I have, have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. One of the things that often bothers me about people that call themselves super spiritual, they're so hungry for prophecy. They're so hungry for the gifts of the Spirit. They're so hungry for the super spiritual stuff. But they're just mean. They're just harsh. They're angry. They have no patience. They have no peace whatsoever in them. And it's like they, they, they wear that as a badge of being more spiritual. And it's like they forgot the fact that the number one fruit of the Spirit is love. The Bible says these are the fruits of the Spirit. Here's evidence that you're close with Him. Love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness. Why is it? And and notice what Paul does. He calls out some of the the megas, the big ones, the pinnacles. Here's, where's my notes at? Here's the ones he hammers on. Well, I think that, there it is. Tongues. Here, let's just for the fun of it. When I say something, these are, it's, when, you, when I say one of these, it's, it's one of the super spirituals. Go, ooh, tongues, ooh, prophecy, ooh, gifts of the Spirit, ooh, generosity, ooh. Oh, here's one, martyrdom, ooh. That's what we do as the church. That's what we do, some churches. We, we categorize these, oh, these, these are the big ones. Oh, you're really getting somewhere. And that's what that guy told me. He was so disappointed when he left the service and he didn't have his tongues. He said, I just, I felt like that's the pinnacle. And, what, and all that stuff, was going, that that's the pinnacle. And I was going, you missed it. And that's what Paul's saying here. These are all good to go after. They are gifts of the Spirit. They are in Scripture. But not at the, not at the, expense of forgetting the main thing, which is love. And you know what love is? It's patient. It's patient when people go, I don't know about that tongue, say, that's okay. That's okay, don't worry about it. We'll get there. Just keep coming to church. Love's patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. Like, well, oh, you didn't get your prayer language? Oh, man, I hate that. I've been praying in tongues since I was negative too. I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, they sonogram, audio. Just kind of what happened. Really? <laughs> what's, what's the heart? Can we be a church that goes after those things but doesn't forget love? Can we just stay patient, kind? not jealous or envious or boastful or proud or rude? Can we stay the church that stays, keeps the posture of love and goes after those things? And, in, and not just, and even like we talked about, helping and leading in the church. Let's help people with that. Let's lead people into some of these things, but let's do it with patience. Let's do it with kindness. What is the heart of the Father? What is the true heart of the Father? The heart of the Father says this, he'll, he'll leave the 99 that have it figured out to go after the one that doesn't. He won't sit there and talk to the one and say, well, should have been following. Where did the other 99 go? Oh, really? You can't follow 99 people walking around? Don't, please, church, don't let our pursuit of what God has next for us put us in a position of arrogance or cockiness or impatience with those that are saying, hey, I've never been to a church like that and that was weird. Let's put our arm around and say, that's okay. I kind of thought it was a little weird myself. Sure do like the worship though. <laughs> we don't have to agree with everything we do. Please understand, we're going to miss the mark. I'm going to miss the mark. You're going to miss the mark. As a church, we're going to miss the mark. But you know why we're going to do it? Because we're going somewhere. And it's real hard to miss a mark if, you never, if you're never going anywhere. Congratulations, you're standing still. You never do anything wrong. But you're never reaching anybody either. You're never fulfilling the call of God on your life. You're never impacting the world. You're not advancing the kingdom. When you do those things, when you're moving forward, you gotta, you gotta have some wiggle room. 
And I'm so thankful for the mercy of God and the grace of God. It says, hey, I got you covered. You just keep moving forward. I got you covered. Just keep moving forward. Amen? Amen. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.